The flight deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org slash podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I'm your host, Sean Mobley. Now, today's episode is a real blast from the past, both because it covers one of the oldest topics in aviation and because of how we're covering it. Before the Wright brothers and airplanes, hot air balloons dominated the skies. And today we're going to explore the origin of the hot air balloon. And we're going to do it with an old time radio show, the original podcast. Despite having a very boring name, the show Adventures in Research was a successful radio show broadcast in the 1940s and 50s by the Westinghouse Broadcasting Company from Pittsburgh, each episode designed to teach laypeople about something in science or technology. And we're going to dial up an episode from September 17, 1946, called The Birth of the Balloon which is a dramatized recreation of what people in 1946 thought the early days of ballooning might have been like, based on their understanding of history. Now, recording technology has changed in the past 75 years, so we're going to do our best with the audio mastering, but I'd really recommend wearing headphones to listen to this one. It'll just make for a smoother listening experience. And with that, let's go meet the Brothers Montgolfier. Adventures in Research. Why all the excitement? What, what's going on? Haven't you heard? It's an experiment. A man is going to ascend to the sky in a balloon. Welcome to another in the series of programs dealing with the thrilling adventures to be found in the field of scientific research, as told by the men of science themselves. And here with another story to tell is Dr. Phillips Thomas, research engineer of the Westinghouse Research Laboratories. Thank you, Paul. Hello, everyone. You know, we've been hearing so much in recent years about the tremendous strides made in science of aeronautics, jet propulsion, robot planes, rocket ships, the newest flying wing and their amazing feats which have captured modern imagination. It makes one stop and wonder how far man can go in his great adventure in the sky. Yes, it used to be that the sky was the limit, but today the sky is only the beginning. Yes, indeed. But as we read the headlines telling of new horizons reached in man's insistent efforts to conquer the skies, thoughts go back to the practical start of this great adventure. Back in the year 1782, in the small French village of Annonay, some 40 miles from the city of Lyons, two young men, Joseph Montgolfier and his younger brother Jacques, lay flat on their backs in a field, idly watching the white fleecy clouds in the sky. Oh, I have never seen such clouds before, Joseph. Just floating along so serene, without any effort at all. It would be nice to be able to float along like that. Yes. 
But I'm more interested in the clouds that remain suspended in the sky. As though they were anchored between the sun and the earth. Yes, odd, isn't it, the way they hang there? I wonder why that is. Oh, probably because of some vapor in the cloud. <sighs> it would be wonderful if we could capture some of that vapor, or whatever it is, and put it in a bag and set it free, just to see what it would do. Well, what would it do, do you think? Oh, the bag filled with vapor would probably rise up in the air and either float along with the clouds, or it might hang suspended. Well, we'll never know anyway. We have no cloud vapor to try out such an experiment. It's true that we have no cloud vapors, but have you ever noticed how the smoke from a fire will do the same thing on a windless day? I mean, remain suspended in the air? Well, yes, but why? Come into the house and help me, Jacques. I'm going to try a little experiment. Ah, oh, here's what we need. A small bag. Here, you smooth it out while I light a small fire. Mm -hmm. You got the bag all smooth, John? All right, give it to me. Now, hold the open end of the bag above the fire so that the bag fills with smoke. See? See how it is filling? How the smoke makes the bag bulge? Yes. Now, now, I crinkle up the open end so that none of the smoke vapor can escape. Let the bag go. But and Joseph, it rose straight to the ceiling. It did, didn't it? Come, let's try it again. That first time may have been an accident, although I very much doubt it. Well, Jacques, our experiment with the smoke vapor was certainly no accident. The bag rises to the ceiling every time. Yes, but what does it all mean? I'm not quite sure yet. But if the experiment works with a small bag like this in the house, it should work even better with a larger bag outside. Of course. Let's try it. All right. You find a large bag, and I'll build a fire in the corner of the field. Hurry. This is a perfect day for such an experiment. Warm and dry, with scarcely a breeze, so the smoke from the fire will rise straight up into the bag. You're right, Joseph. What do you want me to do? I have the fire already. Careful with the bag now. Now, when the bag swells out with smoke, take this piece of twine and tie the open end quickly. I'll tell you when. All right. Careful not to get the bag too close to the fire, though. It's only paper, you know. Ready with the twine. Bag is almost full. Now. Finished? Yes. Here she goes. Oh, Joseph, just look at it go. Straight up into the sky. Fifty feet if it's an inch. It's wonderful. For a beginning, yes. But if it works so well with the bag that size, it should work even better with a bigger bag. Come, let's try it. Just look at that, Jock. It must have risen over a hundred feet. That one rose more than 200 feet. Let's try bigger bags. Yes, they hold more smoke. 400 feet. They're going higher and higher. We'll make an even bigger bag. According to our measurements, that one rose almost 600 feet into the air. 600 feet. Almost out of sight. Jacques, we mustn't mention a word of this to anyone. Understand? Well, why not, Joseph? Because this is something really important, that's why. I think we've discovered something, but we want to be absolutely sure about it before we tell anyone. You're right, Joseph. They may laugh at us and think we've lost our reason. I promise I won't say a word about it to anyone. But what'll we do next? Well, 
let's see what we've learned from all of these experiments. First, we know that when we fill a bag with smoke from a fire and close the open end tight, the bag rises. Well, yes, we've proved that over and over again. It's the smoke from the fire that makes the bag rise. Yes, so we shall keep on with our experiments until such a time as we can make a bag, a truly big one, and fill it with smoke and send it sailing into the sky among the clouds themselves, just as we planned in the beginning. Well, will that take us long, do you think, Joseph? Long? At the rate we're going? No, it won't take long. A day or so, perhaps. Joseph Montgolfier was a little wrong in his reckoning, however, for it was quite some time later that the two brothers, assured by this time that their views were correct, broke their silence. Well, Jacques, at last I think we're ready to let the whole world know what we've discovered. I think so, too, Joseph. Shall we go through the village and tell everyone about it? No. This is something big. So we shall make a public announcement. That will make it impressive. We'll send out invitations to everyone in the village. And to all the villages round about, too. That the brothers Montgolfier respectfully invite them to witness an ascension of their balloon, but recently invented by them, and being demonstrated for the first time. That will excite their curiosity. Oh, I can't wait to see the looks of surprise on their faces when they see what we've done. On June 5th, 1783, a curious holiday crowd assembled in the marketplace at Annanay, where the great experiment was to take place. In the center of the square, a place had been cleared for the balloon, deflated at the moment. The Montgolfier brothers, busy with the preparations for the ascent, were kept busier answering the spectators' questions. Just as soon as we can get things ready, madame, yes. What did you say the name of this thing is? It's a balloon, which means big bag, as you can readily see. It, uh, what's it made of? My brother and I made it out of paper and linen. The outside covering is linen, and then there's a paper lining on the inside. Uh, what's that chopped straw on the ground for? That's an important part of the experiment. We light the straw, and the smoke from the fire provides the lifting power for the balloon. <laughs> Are you about ready, Jacques? Quite ready. Only the crowd must be kept back. Monsieur the mayor will, I'm sure, help us with that little task. Clearly. Friends... It is required that all of you remain a safe distance away from the, the balloon in order that no one may be hurt or any harm before the experiment itself or any persons connected with it. There, we are now ready for the ascent, my friends. Light the fire, Jacques. Personally, I do not expect to see very much, but this is much better than slaving away at my work. Pierre, you should be ashamed of yourself for making such a statement. I, for one, agree with you. <laughs> but see, the, the balloon is filling up rapidly. Ah, and notice its size. Tremendous. Fasten the end, Jean. Quickly. There. It's fastened. Then stand aside. There she goes, up in the air. Look, it climbed straight into the sky. What a great height. Almost now it is out of sight. Truly an amazing experiment. Yes, indeed. I came to laugh, but now I shall stay to offer my congratulations to the brothers Montgolfier. Yes, the Montgolfier balloon experiment was to all intents and purposes a great success. Filled with smoke from the straw fire, it rose to a great height and descended ten minutes later at a distance of about one and a half miles. Yet, in that short space of time, a great link in man's efforts to fly was forged, and history recorded the birth of the balloon. 
The news flashed across the country, and the race was on as men vied with each other to improve on that first flight. Have you heard the news? The Montgolfier brothers have built a huge bag, a balloon, and caused it to ascend to a great height in the air. It's amazing. Amazing, yes, but their theory is wrong, I think. It is not the power in the smoke that causes the balloon to rise, but the lightness of the heated air compared to an equal volume of air at a lower temperature. You see, I have been studying the results of their experiments. It is still amazing. True, and I propose to repeat their experiments. But I shall use hydrogen gas, which has been already proven to be seven times lighter than air. Furthermore, my balloon will be made of thin silk and varnished with elastic gum. Their balloon stayed up only ten minutes. Mine will stay up for hours. Well, it remained aloft longer than the Montgolfier balloon, at least. Thirty-five minutes longer. September 19, 1783. Today, Joseph Montgolfier repeated his balloon experiment before the king and queen at Versailles. The balloon rose to a height of 1,500 feet and descended after eight minutes at a distance of two miles. October 15, 1783. Jean de Rosier became the first human being to ascend in a balloon. Riding in a captive fire balloon, de Rosier demonstrated that fuel could be taken aloft and the fire fed without difficulty when in the air. December 1st, 1783. In Paris today, a physicist, J.A.C. Charles, made an ascension in a balloon inflated with hydrogen gas. He rode in a car suspended from a rope net covering the upper part of the hemisphere. Elevation was 2,000 feet. Time aloft, two hours. Truly an astounding feat. January 7, 1785. Surely ballooning has at last reached its climax. Today, Jean-Pierre Blanchard and Dr. J. Jeffries, an American physician, made the first balloon voyage across the English Channel. How wrong he was in saying that the trip across the channel was the climax of flight. After that, many improvements came along. New frontiers were reached and left far behind as balloonists became more venturesome. But there were men who regarded the balloon with a scientific eye, men like Dr. Jeffries. I am of the opinion that the balloon can be used to a great extent as an instrument working in the interests of science. (laughs) What could one possibly learn from a balloon? Many things, my friend. We know so little about the world that exists above the Earth, the temperatures, magnetic forces, the rate and direction of air currents. Who knows? Perhaps the balloon can help us a great deal in our search for new knowledge. Prophetic words indeed, as time has shown. Present-day aviation owes much to such men as Dr. Jeffries, who carried out atmospheric observations, Charles, who invented the balloon safety valve, James Glacier, whose balloon ascents resulted in obtaining valuable meteorological records, and many, many others. Daring aeronauts all, who followed the adventurous trail blazed by the brothers Montgolfier on that summer afternoon 164 years ago, when an idle thought pointed the way to the birth of the balloon. Telling the story of the balloon, forerunner of modern aviation, was Dr. Phillips Thomas, research engineer of the Westinghouse Research Laboratories.
Join us again next week when Dr. Thomas will be back with another interesting story to tell on Adventures in Research. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. Special thanks to our donors for making this show possible. Your contributions support this podcast and keep it going. If you're interested in becoming a donor, head to museumofflight.org podcast and click the yellow donate button. Now, there's a lot of good crossover episodes of the podcast if you are interested in some of the topics today. We've actually done a whole episode on old-time radio about the infamous War of the Worlds radio broadcast that allegedly caused panic in the streets. We've also spent time looking at balloons. In fact, this radio show first came to my attention while I was researching for the episode titled Oldest, which is about the oldest artifact in our collection. I'll put a link to some of these episodes in the show notes at museumofflight.org podcast. If you're interested in these early days of flight, next time you visit the museum, make sure you linger in the lobby a little bit, where we have all sorts of really evocative models from the early dreamers, including Leonardo da Vinci. And we also have a model of one of those early Montgolfier balloons. And a bit of a pro tip, balloons are a favorite topic of many of our blue blazer clad docents our tour guides, so next time you visit, ask one of them if they have any stories to share. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. And share the show out with somebody who you think could use a little ballooning in their life. You can contact the show at podcast.museumofflight.org. Until next time, this is your host, Sean Molly, saying to everyone out there on that good earth, we'll see you out there, folks. <laughs>